0: Welcome to another episode of the Red Arrow Health and Wellness Podcast. I'm your host, Marco, with my looking more relaxed than normal co-host. Jessica. How's it feel to be on vacation, Jessica?
1: So nice. It's excellent. I highly recommend vacation, even if you don't go anywhere.
0: You're just beaming. You've got a glow and
1: I think it's called sunburn.
0: That and you got your hair done.
1: Yeah, it's blonde again. Hooray! Like <gasps> super blonde again. Hooray!
0: Are you having a good week?
1: I am. I only had to go to work two days this week, and the rest of the time I've been off not working. It's been great. Yeah.
0: Beach yeah. trip, other adventures. Yeah. It's been fun. hmm And as we start every episode, and this is, by the way, our 75th anniversary. <laughs> <laughs> not our F- <laughs> This is our 75th episode. Wow. So I better stick with the tradition. What are you drinking?
1: Water. What are you drinking?
0: High quality H2O.
1: <laughs> um, And why are we drinking water?
0: Oh, because this is going to be, this, this episode is going to be Taking Flight 4. Ooh. So we have plenty to drink coming up. Yeah, we do. Uh, our Taking Flight <laughs> episodes have been quite popular, so I'm sure this one will do well too. Not really the best episode for younger listeners. I mean. Nope. They can listen, they're not gonna get much out of it, and really not geared for them. But if you're older, your parents, you're in your 20s, 30s, 40s, 50s, 60s, 70s, on you, uh, you might enjoy this episode,
1: mm-hmm. yeah, yeah. But before we get into all of that, yes. you had quite the week,
0: I had quite the Sunday. <laughs> we had because there was a uh clinic came in town for the kids, and actually. One of the adult players was out there. Actually, one of our captains in the C40 Plus Hybrid League was out there with his son. It was funny. The uh, the uh, instructor leading the clinic wears like a Madonna-style mic, a little wireless mic that oh, wraps really? around his face. Yeah. All I can think of is Madonna. I'm like, thinking like, oh, are you, you okay. going to coach a hockey with like two like pylons strapped to your chest? <laughs>
1: He's so funny. <laughs> Pointy orange pylons.
0: Yeah. No, but he was out there running and um, one of our captains was out there playing too, And but he was trying to... the Guy running the clinic was trying to divide people. He was like, all right, give me all the high schoolers over here and all those who aren't high schoolers over over in this corner. And Greg is standing there going, well, I'm not a high schooler, but now I'm standing with, like, U10 and you 12 year olds <laughs> Yeah, so that was kind of funny. But because of that, we had to move around our adult hockey schedule. So, you know, hey, you can't play hockey all day if you don't start in the morning. I got asked to sub in the 11.20 a.m. game. Mm-hmm. And then I played immediately following that in my game at 1240. Then we had um, a friend in town, a guy that really one of the founding captains of the league. And he was he was back in town. He subbed on my team. And afterwards, we all went out to one of the local breweries, hung out there for uh, a little less than two hours. And it was back to the rink because... Kid number one was playing goalie for bad hockey, which was earlier than normal. And I went out and skated with her because, hey, what's a third skate of the day? <laughs> and we pretty much scrimmaged the whole time. Got done, came home, had a nice dinner. We made pizza, uh, had a cocktail, was laying down on the couch. I was kind of tired after three hockey games. <laughs> kind of. <laughs> and the text message comes in. Uh, one of my other captains in a panic. Hey, we're about to start. And one of my guys is in here and he only has nine guys on his roster, so he only had eight to take. Guys, can you please come help us? And he knew I had already played three games, yep. so but he also knew I was close, so he was desperate. I'm like, all right, I'll go. So I raced over there. I had one of the rink uh, employees was making me like, wow, that's not like you to be late. And I'm like, I just got the call. I missed about five minutes of the game, went out, skated. I did get thrown in the box at one point. You got in the box? I got thrown in the box. What would you get in the
1: box for? Tripping.
0: I tripped Grace.
1: <laughs> that's funny.
0: Uh, but uh, the 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 lead official is just like, that's just not like you. I'm like, it's also not like me to play four games in one day.
1: Yeah, I think I, if tripping is the worst that you did, like, you're doing yeah. all
0: right. I did tell him later, like, it's just not like you to actually call me for it, because it's not like it's the only time I've tripped Grace. <laughs> but I, I survived that a little bit sore on Monday. And then uh, I guess the other big workout highlight of the week was we went... Uh, biking with uh, pector and peddlers this week kind of you were a little late from getting your hair done you're having fun because one of your friends does your hair she
1: does she's you all must have been talking a lot no we really weren't we just it just took a while I had a lot of hair
0: kid one and i got uh to where we our staging area we usually park at uh red coach donuts And we were unloading all three bikes and we're waiting for you. And my dad showed up and the the group started heading out and we're like, well, we'll, we're going with the last group anyway. But they you got there and you were kind of panicking You're like, you know what? Take your time. We'll just let all the bikers clear. We'll let all the traffic clear and then we'll just be Team Tomasi, do our own route. And we did. And we, we kind of followed about what that that group we ride with usually goes. We. But uh, kid number one had new tires on her bike. She had uh, road slicks. Mm-hmm. And between that and the confidence and the experience she's getting, she was cruising on speed. Yeah, she beat me. Which was not what you needed. And then on top I- of that, I kept asking her when we got to Crossroads, like, you ready to turn around? You ready to turn around? You feeling good? I should have been asking you. Yeah. We went about one road too far. Yeah. The crossroads are about a mile apart. So that's another mile down, another mile over, another mile back. And an extra 3 miles by going one road too far and you were doing well, but on the way back um it started It to was hurt. not
1: good. Yeah. We'll just leave it at that. It was not good. Well,
0: your knees hurt, other things hurt. We'll leave it at that.
1: Mhm.
0: Mhm. How mm-hmm. you feeling today?
1: Not so good.
0: You going to be able to sit through this episode?
1: I think so.
0: Maybe. Well, we're about to do a tasting flight of six whiskeys. Do you think yeah, that will help? So
1: I think after whiskey number three, I'll probably be in zero pain. Well, I'm here whatsoever. with... I got the little
0: measuring cup. And we're going to do that? half ounce pours of all the whiskeys, unless they're really good and then you want to refill. Okay. But I mean, it is. it does measure out to two tablespoons, one ounce is the max on it. So it's not like I can get too heavy handed with it. But we're going to shoot for half ounce pours on each of these. Okay. Uh, we've got 12 little tasting cups, so we don't have any contamination in terms of <laughs> mixing, using
1: that, our whiskies. mixing our whiskeys,
0: mixing our whiskeys, and we'll wipe out the measuring cup every time. So this should be a lot of fun. We're going to probably get a little bit too nerdy with it, but you know, that's how we are. <laughs> and most of these, we don't hide our nerd. <laughs> Most of these we've never had before. There's nope. one that we've had, we've actually tried before.
1: Did we say what was special about all of these whiskeys? We have not. Oh, we what, So
0: we've done this, our other Taking Flight episodes. One, we did uh, low-cost bourbons we got at the local grocery store mm-hmm. from across the country. And then we did a rye episode. There, everything was a rye whiskey. Mm-hmm. Then we did a tequila episode. Yeah. And actually, with all of those, we also did like hard seltzers as the second flight. Mm-hmm. This one we're not going to do a second flight. We're just going to do six tastings of our, our whiskeys. So after the the uh, tequila episode, now we're on to number four. We're all oh, we have all four whiskeys, and all four whiskeys are.
1: Michigan whiskey. I'm sorry.
0: All six whiskeys are from Michigan whiskey.
1: Michigan whiskeys.
0: So no offense to any of the whiskeys who didn't make the episode, but I mean, we can only take so much. I mean, these are half ounce pours, but people, we need to be able to function by the time we're done with this. We'll save those for another episode. We actually spent quite a while at the liquor store. Yeah, we were there for like an hour and a half. (laughs) Trying to make decisions on (laughs) what we were going to get, what we wanted to do, who had a cool bottle.
1: Who has the best story on the back of the bottle. What have we been dying
0: to try? Things mm-hmm. like that. None of these whiskeys are sponsoring us. None of these whiskeys are comping us. Nope. This is easily the most expensive episode we've ever done for a single podcast episode because yep. we paid for all of these. Mm-hmm. Uh, so to all the uh, whiskey companies, uh, congrats. Enjoy the free uh, promo <laughs> that you're about to get out of us. But we're going to have some fun with this and uh, opinions will be honest. I think the other thing we got to do, though, is when we do these uh, Taking Flight episodes, in between the tastings, we have some stories or questions. And the first one was really kind of random, and you and I just shot things back and forth at each other and interrogated each other. Mm -hmm. The second one was more about cross-country and COVID and things of that nature. The third one was our marriage edition.
1: Oh, (laughs) and that was
0: dating engagement planning the wedding the actual wedding life after being married you know or not after being married but life after the marriage after the marriage ceremony yes thank you The marriage ceremony it's been a long day (laughs) it's been a very very long day um and so this one jessica this one is our medical mishaps edition
1: yep it might be graphic
0: (laughs) it might be graphic it might be comical Look, oh, it's for
1: sure gonna be comical. I,
0: I fully believe that if you're someone who's going through a hard time and like maybe you had big dreams, maybe you're looking working forward towards uh you're shooting my us. Let me t- let's say what I'm trying to say. If you got big dreams and like because the Olympics are on and like oh. you're shooting for like a big, you know, you want to be the conference champ in track and field. Actually, that's a high school, so that's a bad example because we're doing whiskeys. But like <laughs> if you've got, you know, you and I have triathlons coming up. Uh, that you've been aiming for, or you want to do a run a marathon, or something else is going on, and you're, you're working towards it, and all of a sudden, a medical calamity mishap hits you and derails things. It's not the end of the world. This can be inspirational to you. Or if you're just having a bad day, and you enjoy it when people are in pain and suffering, and you find those <laughs> funny, this is for you. And if yeah. you like comical stories that involve medical-type stuff, Boy, we got some of those for you and this will be entertaining. (laughs) So there's a little something for everybody here to enjoy the stories and also listen to us uh, sample these six Michigan whiskeys.
1: Michigan whiskeys. Michigan whiskeys. So let's
0: play a little segue music. We'll get into it because we got a lot to cover tonight. (music) Jessica, are you a medical doctor?
1: No. (laughs) No. Are you a medical doctor, Marco? A
0: medical doctor? No. Yeah, yeah. 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 I'd love to tell you. Trust me, I'm a doctor. God damn it. Of philosophy. Okay. In psychology. Good. Now that
1: that's been covered.
0: And you're a master, but not of the universe.
1: Uh, That is wrong. (laughs) I am a master of the universe.
0: (laughs) But we do enjoy some whiskeys. We do. Which is like a no statement if you've listened to any of our other episodes. (laughs)
1: Yep, lots of old fashions (laughs) flying around Lots
0: of old fashions and whiskeys neat And on the rocks and all sorts of stuff Mm -hmm. Uh, So we like our whiskeys We live in Michigan We are not physicians Nope But we've spent our fair share of time in doctor's offices And ER and ORs and all that stuff So we got some tails (laughs) So let's do this We'll start out with our first whiskey And then we'll do our first set of tails And then we'll go repeat until we get through all six Okie dokie. So do you want to pass me over a uh one of these little sampling snifters? Mm-hmm. All right. First up, we have from Traverse City Whiskey Company their straight bourbon whiskey, which we've actually had before, but this one's a little bit different. Like you can get their triple X. It usually runs uh about $33 for their, their normal straight bourbon whiskey. This one is not the run of the mill. This is a signature edition, barrel-proof, five years old. They have to write the ABV all on the bottle because it's it's a single barrel. This is part of their West Side bourbon collection. And this is bottle number 178 out of 221. Cool. And the little write-up on the back is for <laughs> this limited edition release, we've hand selected the most flavorful whiskey in our Rick House. And they have a fun Rick House. Age for more than four years, which on this one it's written in as five and one of those marker sharpie things. <laughs> Sorry. age for more than four years, it's bourbon in its most natural state, uncut and bottled at full barrel proof. Hell yeah, I like barrel proof stuff. <laughs> Crafted to sip slowly. Yeah, no <laughs> And enjoy during life's defining moments, like recording a podcast.
1: Cheers. While talking about medical maladies.
0: Yes. Should be fun. I mean, there's a Surgeon General warning on it.
1: Well, fantastic. Fits right in.
0: So this is uh, 58.2%. Okay. Double it and you get the proof. Okay. So here it goes. (laughs) Look, it's a new bottle. I just peeled the wax seal off of it uh, right before we started recording. I'll pass the...
1: Uh, oh, you have a dribble on this back.
0: Oh, okay. Yep. Yeah, I'll pass that over. You can wipe it out. So I'm planning on sipping this, but I'm also planning on saving a little of each one so I can go back and compare notes as we go through. Mm. All right. Give it a swirl. Give it a snuff. Think of Jose Andreas when he was
1: Give it a snurf? Sniff. A sniff, okay. I am really tired. A snurf, I like that. I,
0: I th- always think of Jose Andreas when he was uh, Anthony Bourdain's No Reservations. He's in D.C. They go to the farmer's market and Jose Andreas is like, put your nose in the peaches. Put your
1: nose in the peaches.
0: So put your nose in these peaches.
1: <laughs> oh,
0: that's good. I didn't even take a sip yet. I'm just sniffing it. Did you get the fumes up your nose? Yeah, I did. No, I'm already getting that, that nice, sweet bourbon, oak, the caramels, the brown sugars, all that. You're making a face. You don't smell any of that?
1: No. it. You know what? I'm just, I'm going to keep it to myself because clearly that my, my, there's something wrong with my nose.
0: Holy cow. You tipped that one back. What do you think?
1: I really like this.
0: This is good.
1: It is very good.
0: I mean, clearly it's uncut. Clearly it's a single barrel. But it is very good.
1: It's uh, very strong.
0: Yeah, well, it's strong. So you're going to get that <laughs> warming of the back of the throat. And you can warm down your...
1: But it, it doesn't burn. No. So, like, that's really, really nice.
0: I love it when there's one, that especially when they're barrel-proof. And they're strong, obviously, when they're barrel-proof. But it doesn't burn you. They're not trying to knock you over it. You're getting... There's a lot of flavor on this. I've got a, like, a little bit of, right on the tip of my tongue when I first get a little bit of vanilla. Faint vanilla, not like you're chugging out of a bottle of vanilla extract. Faint about, um, faint uh, caramel. You're making faces at me.
1: I don't taste any of this.
0: Do you taste anything? I. What's it taste like to you?
1: It tastes like whiskey.
0: Good whiskey. Yes. Okay.
1: Very good whiskey.
0: Well, before we bore people to death.
1: Yeah. <laughs> let's get to the first set of
0: stories.
1: Okie dokie.
0: Jessica, tell us about your gallbladder.
1: I don't have it anymore. Why is that? Because it tried to kill me and it needed to come out.
0: What was the lead up to the whole gl- gallbladder?
1: Um, It was actually being pregnant with...
0: I'll beep out her name, kid one.
1: Oh, damn it. Okay. It was actually being pregnant with kid number one. That's
0: all right. I, we're, I'll just beep it. It's easier than go back and cutting okay. chunks out.
1: Um, There was one night towards the end of the pregnancy where she decided... She was in my belly sideways um, and she decided to roll all the way up into like my the top of my rib cage and then she like well, stretched
0: Wait wait wait. The top, you mean the bottom of your whatever. rib cage. Top of where she was.
1: This whiskey's really good.
0: <laughs> We're just getting started. I know.
1: Um fine. She rolled all the way up to the bottom of my rib cage, settled in there and then decided to stretch out and I had no idea what was happening. I thought I was going into labor. Like lots and lots of pain all night long. I was panicking, but nothing else seemed to be happening. Like I didn't have any contractions or anything, so I was like, oh, don't know what this is, but it's terrible. Um, and she about halfway through the night, she had settled back down lower and but the pain continued in my back and i just didn't know what it was meanwhile
0: you had me pack a bag and yeah you know, all the usual because this is our first
1: kid yeah it was like a and gigantic suitcase full we're of like, everything what the hell
0: is going on it's, right. it's not matching in the descriptions of contraction but at the same time it's excruciating pain and oh yeah it's the middle of the night and
1: mm-hmm. so i don't i don't know we didn't wind up going to the hospital because by i four or five o'clock in the morning, everything just sort of went away and I was finally able to fall asleep and everything was fine. Um, Fast forward, she's born and we, I got pregnant with kid number two. And while I was pregnant with kid number two, the same thing started happening, but like way earlier in my pregnancy, um, and so I knew, I knew that it couldn't be like going into labor cause I knew what that felt like at that point, And I knew. And
0: it couldn't have been him stretching because he was too small at that point. Exactly.
1: Um, so I did a little online research cause that's what I like to do when I get sick. I like to try and diagnose myself. You shouldn't do that, but I do it. Um, and I started reading about gallstones and I was like, I bet this is what's wrong with me and I bet that's what happened with kid number one. and apparently it's incredibly common to develop problems with your gallbladder um, either during your pregnancy or immediately following a pregnancy. Um, so fortunately it only happened a couple times with kid number two and then I had him and then you know we we're home everything's fine for a couple months and then the attacks started. And let me tell you, a gallbladder attack is terrible, and you think that you're going to die because you, it feels like you're having a heart attack. The pain starts, um, for me, it started in my um, on my right side, right by my ribcage, and then it actually wrapped around my back, right into the middle of my back, and then spread across to the other side, and it felt like something was squeezing me, and I just... The first time it happened, I thought that I was having a heart attack and was dying. So, um,
0: I will I and mean, because you you already said first time, so spoiler alert: there's more than one of these attacks. Yeah, but also they were always at night, or at least the always. most most excruciating part was always night or evening. Yeah, so and, then it's invading sleep, right? Too. And they
1: don't just like show up and bug you for a couple hours. And then go away. No, they show up and they last for like 8 to 12 hours. So you are not sleeping at all at night. You are up thinking that you're dying and you're like screaming in pain because there is no relief for it. Walking doesn't help. Rolling over doesn't... Nothing helps. It's just terrible. Um,
0: And we got two munchkins at this time. Two babies. We had Irish twins. They were 11 months apart. Mm -hmm.
1: So I... Like you were working crazy long hours. I didn't want you to like... Have to get up and take all four of us to the hospital. I was like, no, I'm sure, I'm sure it's not actually a heart attack. It's been like five hours. I'd probably be dead by now if it were a heart attack. Um, I have anxiety, and this by is what way, I do when I get if sick.
0: Somebody listening is experiencing bad symptoms, and they're like, yeah, I can't possibly be a heart attack. I'll just sit at home. <laughs> um, maybe you should go get checked at, checked out. Don't follow yeah, Jessica's. Honestly, example. don't
1: follow my example because this would have saved me a couple of years um, if I had to just gone that night to the hospital and gotten this looked at. Um, but I didn't. I just sat and paced and, and cried and screamed sat into in a pillow. Chair and yeah. yeah. Fed babies every so often. It was fine. Um, the next morning it was gone. And I was like, oh, my God, this is this is just awful. And I looked up gallbladder stuff again. And I was absolutely convinced that was what the problem was. So then I started looking up what causes it. Um, no surprise. Eating lots of fatty food can actually trigger all bladder attacks which at that point we were eating really yep. food yep on a daily basis um yep. full of fat
0: yep even and, when we were having really really good food it was oh yeah high in fat because it was delicious
1: yeah um and then i also decided to look up okay home remedies i don't want to have surgery because i have these two little babies and my husband works all the time i don't have time for surgery um so i read about apple cider vinegar and i tried doing that for a while and it sort of worked I guess I don't know maybe not hard to tell and then I decided but to at least do... it, hey
0: at least the apple cider vinegar vinegar didn't go to waste because we also used it for when um we would have blue crabs because we we're out in Virginia yep so we'd go steam up some blue crabs and you could dunk it in that and dunk it in some old bay and mm-hmm. there you
1: go yep so then I also started reading about well like if it's a high fat dietary problem just cut the high fat out and so I did that to a point um and it Again, it sort of worked. It, it calmed the gallbladder attacks down, so I wasn't having them as frequently. But when I got to the point where I was only drinking water and eating lettuce and still having gallbladder attacks, that's when I finally said, I can't do this anymore. And we packed all of our kids up and we went to the emergency room one night. And we were there forever. And we had the weirdest doctor I have ever met in my entire life. And And we got
0: to meet him a few times over the course of this whole saga. Yeah. Um, Like, um, I don't know. What do you think? Late 50s, early 60s, but had bleached blonde hair that was not a natural color. mm -mm. Uh, Every time we met him, he had a different color of glasses frames. One night they were hot pink. One night they were red. One night they were blue.
1: He had like the 80s dangly earring on one side. And I just and the outfits i just i don't know i had a hard time he, i mean he always had seriously. scrubs
0: on but they're not the uniform scrub of they the hospital they weren't like
1: blue or green no, you know standard doctor
0: scrubs they were fuchsia or they were wine colored or they were you know
1: yeah but he was yeah, like, teal. Like A legit doctor it said so on his <laughs> on his jacket i
0: checked then he had his own his own personal note taker to speed up his charting
1: yeah um he was a he was an interesting dude so we we went in i was like horribly in pain and we ran tests they gave me really nice painkillers <laughs> turned that pain right off that was good um and then the test results came in and he said you have gallstones and sludge in your that's how he said it too yep. in your gallbladder that needs to come out you should get that taken care of sooner rather than later you can go home now and i was like wait a minute You just told me that this organ that I have inside of my body is trying to kill me and you're not going to take it out tonight. And he's like, no, it's not bad enough to come out tonight. it's full of
0: sludge. Sludge. So. Way to make it sound like a septic tank or something.
1: Okay. So I follow this surgeon on Instagram and he takes gallbladders out routinely and he cuts them open after he removes them. And ew.
0: Is that standard practice or just because he's a weirdo?
1: I think it's just because he's weird. I think you're supposed to let pathology do it, but he just does it.
0: Oh, okay. Is he a pathologist on the side?
1: No, he's a surgeon.
0: Is he in a small town where he's both? I don't know. Okay. I
1: don't think so. Um. Anyways, that's not the point of this. So he gave me the name of a surgeon affiliated with our hospital that we would go to or that we went to. Um. I got in to see him. It took a month with after like him agreeing to take it out for, up I'm to sorry, the buildup.
0: I'm enjoying the whiskey. It's it's buttery. It's so smooth.
1: It is really really smooth. Yeah. I like it a lot. Um, so in that month period, I had two more gallbladder attacks, and one of them occurred the night before my surgery. And they told me, "Do not take any painkillers after midnight." And you know what? That f- tried to kill me, and it was one of the worst attacks I had. And I had leftover. Percus- That's
0: f- being your gallbladder. Yeah, not, not the, the surgeon, surgeon. not no. the nurse giving recommendations.
1: No. But I had leftover Percocet from other ailments. And C-section? So, yeah, there's that. And then the back injuries that we'll probably talk about later. Are uh, they, those not on there?
0: Actually, your back injury didn't make the list for this episode. <laughs>
1: That's okay. Anyways, so I couldn't take it anymore, and I took a Percocet. And then we had to be at the hospital. It turned it fixed the problem for me, thank goodness. Um, But we got to the hospital at like 5 o'clock in the morning, to be prepped, and she's going through the checklist. She's like, Have you eaten anything? Nope. Have you had anything to drink? Nope. Did you have any painkillers? I had to take a Percocet last night. I had a gallbladder attack. It was so bad. And She just looked at me and was like, It's okay. You're going to be fine. Don't worry about it. And I was like, Well, you told me not to. It's okay. Um, Anyways, so went in, had surgery, woke up, was fine, felt really, really good after my surgery um and then came home got to go home that night yeah went home same day um we were anticipating like a really long recovery period and we had called the moms out and it took by like day two i was off of painkillers and i was up trying to take care of the babies and trying to do all the things trying to deal with the mom
0: and the mother-in-law at the same time the moms
1: were like sit down don't move you're not you have to heal um but yeah, it by day two, like I felt really awesome. And so, yeah, I don't have a gallbladder anymore. It's really nice that my body doesn't just randomly decide to start aching. Um, Any
0: side effects from not having a gallbladder?
1: Yeah. So after you get your gallbladder removed, there is an adjustment period where your body has to relearn how to like process food, especially high fat food. And the doctors tell you that you should for like this whole month period you need to be uh really close to toilets after you eat any meal no matter what it is because you're going to have a salad shooter effect which is I swear to god how it was described to me from a doctor okay I didn't make this up so that turns out that is true and um usually after a month People, their bodies figure out how to process food again and it's not a big deal. Um, But there's like a small segment of the population, like 10% or something, where their bodies don't actually figure things out. And you are left with digestive issues after you eat. Especially if you're eating fatty foods. Uh, I'm one of those people. So, yeah. Yeah.
0: Yeah, you I, like to you put know, heavy cream in your coffee okay, in the morning. So that's, and coffee that's, already being a diuretic. That's the part that sucks.
1: We're doing the low-carb thing. Part of that is is eating the fat to replace the carbs so your body has fuel, right? It's hard for me. We're going to leave it at that. It is hard for me, but it, it works. <laughs> I won't say it. Don't. Just don't. Just
0: don't. <laughs> the struggle is real. Yeah, the
1: struggle is real. Anyways, I don't have a gallbladder anymore. It tried to kill me. I highly recommend getting yours taken out if you're having gallbladder attacks. And you will wake up from surgery feeling like a million bucks. It's awesome. Recovery is really, really easy. Don't wait for a couple of years after your first attack to get it taken care of. I think that's all I have to say about that. All right. So we talked about my missing organ. What are you missing over there?
0: I, uh, <laughs> I'm missing my appendix. Hooray! I had my appendix removed in grad school. And, you know, backing up a little bit when I arrived at grad school. So I, I got into Florida State in the psychology department and I got, uh, you know, a nice letter saying, hey, you got, you've you been given an assistantship with a tuition waiver and all this stuff. I'm like, sweet, my tuition's going to be paid for. i got to pay some fees. I've got a job and I get to go to school. So I'm basically getting paid to go to school. Mm-hmm. This is perfect. We show up to orientation and um, we're informed that, hey, you're... Out-of-state tuition is being waived for one year. So you, before the semester starts, you need to declare a domicile and be a Flor- start your process of being your one year to be a Florida resident because when we get to the following fall, they're only covering in-state tuition. Yeah. And, and that's all well and good, uh, but part of what goes with that is you're basically declaring your independence from your parents if you're an out-of-state kid. The in-state kids, it didn't Im- impact at all. Uh, out-of-state kids like me from Michigan had to declare my independence from my parents which okay not so bad i mean i've got a job i've you know i've got that money coming in it's going to cover tuition i can buy food except i was on my parents health insurance so declare my independence and the, the insurance the way the policy turned over it turned over uh at the end of the calendar year so at the end of december i was going to be off the insurance like okay i'll deal with it when i can i'm you know 23 i'm you know healthy uh, invincible indestructible (laughs) not a big deal fast forward we get down and for grad school uh nine credits is a full load for a grad student Uh, and plus we're doing all our other activities and research and working and consulting and in the schools and so i've got three finals they're all on the same day and the night before i'm just like i wake up in the middle of the night and I have to go throw up and I just have a bad stomach ache. and I'm like is it the nerves did I catch something what's going on this is horrible <laughs> so I go in early to campus and by like 5 a.m I'm I'm studying and I'm laying on the couch in our lab and I just feel awful so I go my first class is at 8 a.m and on the way in I had um, a friend who he came down from where she came down from uh, Western Michigan with me and we were both admitted at the same time she came in with a master's I came in with a bachelor's. We're in the doctoral program. And I told her, hey, Aaron, because Aaron usually finished before me on all the tests in that class. It was uh, developmental psych. Oh, nice. And I'm like, please wait for me for when I finish, because I'm at this point, the the pain is becoming more acute. It's on one side. I, I've i had enough. My brother had had appendicitis when I was in high school. I, you know, a guy on the wrestling team got it, in which he had beat me up for the varsity spot finally. Did your
1: mom have it too?
0: I don't know. She might've, it was, if she did. It was probably before I was born. Anyway, I'm suspecting that it's appendicitis. So I go and I take my, my final in um, graduate developmental psychology and I walk out and she's like, what is it? And I, like, I think I have appendicitis. I need you to take me to the, to the ER. <laughs> she's like, Oh God. So she drives, drives me to the ER and then, of course, we're waiting there forever, and it's one screaming lady in a wheelchair in um, labor after another coming in. That's so hilarious. Like, at some point, they're like, you're the next non-emergency, <laughs> non-urgent. I'm like, I think I have appendicitis, you know, and I've already been through triage, but, you know, or it'd be somebody coming in, gushing blood out of their hand that, you know, had a <laughs> saw accident or something like that. Oh, so it's taken forever, and Aaron's starting to get panicky because we got, you know, she and I had the same schedule, so she's got another class to get back to, but... I eventually get admitted to the ER, and about that time, she's got to take off to go to social psych. Hmm. And I'm like, please tell the professor, I'm in the ER. Yeah. So she did, and he was cool about it. Um And she also let our major professor know, because my evening class was with him, and I think it was research methods. It probably was. Yeah. So he, w- he was, because he was, you know, essentially... My academic dad, he was actually concerned about me. The other one, the social psych guy, I don't think had emotions. He was just like, (laughs) I mean, we were halfway (laughs) concerned. The guy's version of a three hour, because all these classes were three hours long. Yeah. Uh, He just got up there and pontificated with his LaCroix, LaCroix water. And acted like he was stoned and like reminded us of Will Ferrell from the uh, thing he did with Rachel Drash in the hot tubs where they just talked about we are lovers. Ew. Yeah, he was really creepy. <laughs> um, he just got up there and talked about stuff and then he'd stop and he'd get this creepy grin on his face. Anyway, <laughs> so I missed that. So I'm in there and they're running all these tests. And of course, I got to put like uh, a contrast in and x-ray my bowels to see if I'm like, oh, maybe he's just constipated. News flash wasn't constipated. Uh, and several hours later, they finally figure out, oh my God, well, your, your, your blood pressure is up. You're running a fever. Uh, in all that we've ruled out everything else. And your stomach hurts. And your stomach hurts. You have appendicitis. Great. The psychology grad student diagnosed that like, you know,
1: 12 hours ago,
0: 745 (laughs) AM. But okay, here we are at like three in the afternoon. Oh, we're going to finally admit you to the hospital. So they do. Uh, the nice part was that and I was new to the graduate lab. I was ending up my my first semester, but uh, a bunch of my lab mates and their significant others came to see me. They brought me crossword puzzles. They're keeping me company. And some of these these folks did not get along with each other, but they were they sucked it up and were around each other because, you know,
1: me, yeah, uh,
0: which meant a lot to me because I it's hard to show it because I felt like crap, but yeah, and they were trying to cheer me up a little bit too hard because they're like brought in a sharpie like right keep on everything you want to keep oh, i'm I like forgot. yeah and i'm
1: like
0: yeah you know, somebody else showed up with like a bunch of boxes of junior mints and was passing out like That's you hilarious. think they'll let us go and observe <laughs> like on seinfeld i'm like trying so hard not to laugh but i was like they're like holy crap you look so miserable they eventually uh around eight or nine p.m finally wheeled me off to surgery and i had my appendix out and then of course as i'm trying to recover from surgery They're in like every half hour, hour, and then they're like, you got to get some sleep. Oh, we're back in. Have you had a bowel movement yet? Have you urinated yet? I'm like, I just want to sleep. Will you give me some water? (laughs) No, we can't give any water until you urinate. (laughs) I'm thirsty. (laughs) You know, it was just a miserable night. Uh, The next morning, my dad showed up and they're like, well, you can go home if you want, but your insurance will cover several more days in the hospital. I'm like, going home (laughs) out of here. Uh, The lab mates had actually come out with a schedule to go and take care of me before they realized my parents were coming down.
1: Yeah, I thought that was really, really sweet.
0: Um, And then I had my dad there for a week. So that was Monday. My dad left on Friday. And he left mid-afternoon. And that evening, they were pounding on my door going, we're taking you out to the bar for medicinal beers. (laughs) So... (laughs) I went on and like when I was teaching graduate courses, I always have um, grad students. And even sometimes I had undergrads complaining about tests. i like, this is so hard. This is so miserable. Like take it with appendicitis. Cause I took my first graduate final suffering from appendicitis.
1: Yep. Um, your major professor, your major professor was one of my professors at grad school as well. And after your test that you managed to ace with an appendicitis, Um, he would come into class like before exams and he would say, I don't want to hear any complaining about any sort of malady because I know that all of these tests are easily passable, especially if you are suffering from an appendicitis. So I don't care what's wrong with you. You're going to show up. You're going to take your test and you're going to do well. Sorry about that.
0: Mm -hmm. You're welcome. Yeah. All right. That's story number one (laughs) for both of us. Those are probably the most, uh. Harmless of the bunch. We're going to have a ball with some of these. <clears throat>
1: mm-hmm.
0: Mm-hmm. Ready for the next, next whiskey? Yes. All right. Uh, next up. I'll pour these. I'll let you uh, read about and tell the story because I think you're the one that picked out this one.
1: This whiskey? Yeah. Okay.
0: There you go. And here's mm-hmm. the bottle. That's a fun bottle.
1: It is a fun bottle. It's very Art Deco.
0: It's very Art Deco.
1: Um, Okay, so this one is from the Detroit City Distillery.
0: And just to clarify, is that actually in Detroit?
1: Yeah, actually it is. Um, And it's called Butcher's Cut Straight Bourbon Whiskey. Distilled and bottled by Detroit City Distillery, LLC in Detroit, Michigan. How strong is this? Um, 50% alcohol by volume, 100 proof, 750 milliliters. Um, okay, so this is batch number forty-one, bottle number uh, one
0: thousand ninety-one. Yeah, they're doing some volume there.
1: They are. Um, I honestly, I picked this out.
0: Well, because it has a dude's face on the front. Because it has
1: a dude's face on the front, and he looks and the like front, a mobster. And he looks like a mobster with a Hitler mustache, and he's got butcher's does knives. He? Yes, he does.
0: That's Do not right. a Hitler mustache. It's a pencil thin mustache. Fine. Hitler one looks like a Charlie Chaplin mustache. You know what?
1: I don't like tiny little mustaches. Thanks, Hitler.
0: It's a a pencil-thin mustache. But what was really intriguing were the
1: the chef's knives behind him in the background. Um, So I thought that this was fun. But what I really liked about this was what the label says on the back. And I'm just going to read it to you because I think it's hysterical. A timeless spirit from a storied past. My grandfather lost his finger making a whiskey barrel. (laughs) He traded his <laughs> he traded his motorcycle to bootleggers for a rifle. And after <laughs> <laughs> stop it. and after World War II, he began his career as a butcher in Detroit's Eastern Market next to next to the slaughterhouse that I transformed into our distillery. To honor his life and legacy, I created butcher's cut bourbon using the finest cuts of corn, rye, and roasted barley that are aged with hand smoked Michigan Northern Oak. The result is a bourbon that is timeless and true with exceptional character, just like the man that inspired it. From master distiller John P. Jerome. This was aged two years. So, okay, I thought the story was hysterical, and that's why I bought the bottle. And the picture that goes along with it is pretty awesome, too. So It is.
0: Uh, have You <laughs> haven't had a sip yet, have you? No. I've been sipping it. Um, So give it a sniff.
1: This one smells sweeter than the other one.
0: A little bit. Le- it's less on the buttery. Yeah. It's uh, a little bit more uh, spicy and sharp. Okay. I mean, the other one was a fi- aged five years, so it had mellowed more. Mm. Definitely a younger bourbon. I mean,
1: you can taste the corn.
0: Yes, you definitely yeah. can get. You're getting the corn it's notes not, there. It's not. It's
1: not bad. I just. I can actually like recognize. Oh, that's corn. Um.
0: It's fun, as it uh, as it goes across the tongue, it warms up, and then all of a sudden, just as it goes, turns the corner to go down your throat. Uh, I get the little sharp piece that just hits each time, and it's not in a bad way.
1: No, it's good.
0: Uh, it is good. I like it. But the story. The story Damn, is great. Damn, that's a story. <laughs> I mean, between these two so far, I would I would definitely hold the Traverse City Whiskey. Yep. Um, I like that one more than this one, relatively speaking. But in terms of stories.
1: This one wins. This
0: one. T- this one's way out in front. Not that we're having a competition.
1: No, it's not a competition.
0: Two for two, though. Michigan, turning out the whiskeys that are great. Mm-hmm. All right, while well, we sit and uh, simmer and enjoy that a little bit, round two of stories. And this time, these uh, calamities happen relatively close to each other in terms of the timeline of our lives. Mm-hmm. I'm going to tell mine first, because it happened, uh, what, a week or two before yours?
1: I don't, I don't know. I honestly thought that yours happened a year before mine did.
0: No, we were, we were on crutches at the same time.
1: Okay. I don't.
0: Yeah. So I'm up at Michigan tech. You're down at Western Michigan. We're dating. And, uh, I went out to a party and a friend of mine was, um, he and his roommates were renting an old Victorian house. You know, the old mining barons used to live on it It was down the street from the county courthouse. Beautiful old home they had converted all sorts of stuff like the uh, it used to have a coal furnace that the landlord had long since replaced but it still had the coal chute so they used to use that to slide the kegs down <laughs> and they had built with a scuba tank and an old refrigerator their own kegerator with uh pumping that all the way up to a bar that the civil engineering major in the house built that could hold eight hefty individuals dancing on it and put the you know, the tap right there You know, they put a sound system in the electrical engineer, set it up and it was MP3s were relatively uh, new amongst college students at that point. Um, I think we were using Winamp at that point. We were all still using Napster to play the stuff. We were still using Napster and a few other things like that to get our music. It was before Napster got wiped out. Uh, And so that was the sound system network throughout the whole house. I mean, nobody had Wi-Fi at this point. They had a uh, party lights going, and it was it was cool. Like the stairway, I think, was like twenty four inches wide going upstairs. It was really narrow. Accurate came in handy when you'd been drinking a lot. To, like you, when you're bouncing off the walls, you didn't have far to go.
1: Yeah, but those stairs were steep.
0: They were steep, and they were like kind of tilted, kind of like nineteen um, sixties Batman villain house <laughs> where they're like at a like sixty degree angle.
1: Yeah, it was from
0: left to right.
1: Not a good staircase.
0: Yeah. Uh, the main thing to remember always was uh, if you got sick, go in the backyard and throw up. Don't go out front because all the uh, police cars are driving by. But anyway, had a nice party. Uh, had a little bit much, too much to drink. Being Still being responsible. Should not drive. There was no Uber back then.
1: Uber. So I'm like, I'll just
0: walk home. It's not that bad. out. Uh, on the way home because Houghton is built on the side of one hill. Hancock's built in the side of another. They got a canal in between. Uh, I fell down where they had done some landscaping to put in a parking lot and it was a bunch of rocks and went tumbling down the side of it onto the sidewalk below and really messed up my ankle. (laughs) And so then I hobbled my way home down through through Houghton, across the bridge, down all the way through Hancock. I lived across the street from Geno's, if you know Hancock, Michigan. And uh, I'm just in so much pain and pass out for a while. And I think at one point, I'm calling and leaving messages for you. You're out babysitting. And your dad was working like, what was he working? He outage. Outage. So he had like 12-hour days. Yep. And I would not stop calling and leaving messages. And he was pissed about that. And My was
1: father drunk. was so pissed at you.
0: I was so drunk that night.
1: Yep. Mm-hmm.
0: Anyway, a lot of pain. My roommate is out of town for the weekend. <laughs> I can't drive. In fact, my car is still over at my buddy's house, who threw the party. So I'm calling, trying to get a hold of him, so he can come take me to <laughs> the to the hospital to get looked at. And his roommates are going, he's not out of bed yet. And then eventually they wake him up, and he's like, "Yeah, I'm going to need a few hours before I uh, I can drive you anywhere." So I'm sitting on the couch in a lot of pain. My ankle is all kinds of swollen. Color yeah. was it? I don't remember probably okay. probably fun purple colors
1: fun purple 11:30
0: <laughs> he finally shows up to take me to the hospital
1: it's hilarious yeah
0: and we go and this you know i don't know what the state of healthcare in the on peninsula at this point in time it's been a long, it's been like 20 some years now but at that point in time the running statement amongst students is bring the sharpie the right you know keep on whatever Jesus. And, or broken on whichever one <laughs> so they don't put the cast on the wrong foot uh, we really didn't have student healthcare on campus. They send you up to the the public hospital. And of course, it's a lineup of like drunk college students and then the locals. So like, there's parents and it's Sunday morning and there's parents in there. Like this one kid's there, he broke his wrist because he was skateboarding and doing jumps and stuff. And then there's dumb college students like me. And like, I'm trying to explain. I was trying to walk home. I tripped. I fell. I hurt my ankle. Blah blah. blah. And then she's like, Oh okay. Oh wait, this is Sunday morning. You did this on Saturday night. Were you drunk? <laughs> I may have had a cocktail or two or more. Um, yeah. So they they didn't do X rays on it because they're like it's so swollen we're not gonna be able to tell what's going on. So they give me an air cast and they're like, if you want crutches, here's the the slip. You got to take it over to Walmart.
1: Walmart. <laughs>
0: Go into Walmart and they'll get you, hook you up with your crutches. and They'll just charge the insurance company. So, yeah. So no, it's nothing like, and at this point it was still warm, but then it snowed the next week. So now I'm going around campus on crutches. And Michigan Tech at that time was not the most handicap accessible campus. The buildings are tall. I'm trying to get across sidewalks that are covered in ice. My crutches didn't exactly, you know, they, they do make some that have spikes on them when you have to go Oh, nice. Mine didn't have those. So I'm trying to get around campus on crutches. Want to get in buildings. There is no elevator in some of the buildings, especially my, the building. I was taking my psychology courses in. there was no elevator. I had to take the hop up the stairs. <laughs> yeah, it was absolutely miserable. That was I. that's why I did not play hockey my junior year of college. I am hockey people, not not college hockey, but intramural hockey. Uh, I didn't play because when the season kicked off, I was on crutches. Hmm. Yeah, because I couldn't walk home from a party. Hilarious. Yes. How about you and your ankle about a week or two later?
1: So this is what you need to know about my ankle. In the late 90s and the early 2000s, there was a brand of shoes called Candies. Apparently they were also around in the 70s or something. I don't know about that. But they were a really big deal in the late 90s and the early 2000s. And I had a couple of pairs of them and they were freaking amazing. Um, they had like four inch heels and they were made out of wood and they looked awesome. And I wore them every chance I got. They also were not very stable and not great for ankles. Um, So I was at college and on the weekends, because we, my, like my parents lived kind of close to Kalamazoo. It's an hour drive away. I would come home every other weekend or so to do my laundry because I have this weird thing about doing laundry at in the dorm. I didn't want to do it.
0: Because it costs money?
1: Probably. Or because I was like terrified that somebody would take my stuff out of either the washer or the dryer and throw it on the floor and then bugs would get in or something. I don't know. So I went home to do my laundry and I had quite a bit. My giant laundry bag was very, very full and I had all of like my homework in my backpack and then I had another bag of like random crap that I decided I needed to take to school. So w- the weekend was over. My parents were getting the car ready, filling it up with like drinks and snacks and things for me to take back to school. And I had my backpack on one shoulder and I had my giant like laundry duffel bag on the other shoulder. And then I had another bag full of random crap on like in my hands or something. Um, and I was walking through the mud room out into the garage like through the doorway, and I got stuck in the doorway. I was wearing the shoes, okay? Um, So I'm like trying to figure out how to wiggle out of through the doorway without actually putting any of my stuff down. And my helpful dad was behind me, and I was like, I'm stuck. I have to get unstuck so I can get in the car. And he was like, oh, I'll help you. And he proceeded to shove me through the doorway. My ankle went sideways sideways. And I fell off of my giant shoes and then I went flying through the air and I um, landed in the recycling bin and my ankle immediately swelled up to the size of a softball and it turned a really interesting like reddish purple color and I could not walk on it like at all. And I said, oh, no. I think that you just broke my ankle. And my dad was like, No, no, I didn't break your ankle. You're fine. Get in the car. And I was like, No, no, do you see it? You you can see it right here. Like, it's enormous. You need to take me to the emergency room. And my dad is like shoving me into the car. And he's like, No, no, you have to go to school. You have class tomorrow. I paid for classes. You're going to school. And so my mom comes out of the house and she hears us like bickering at each other. And I'm crying because my ankle hurt. And she's like, Oh my God, what's wrong? What happened? And my dad was like, she's fine. Don't listen to her. She's fine. Her ankle just hurts because I pushed her through the... She's fine. And so my I mom... Because her
0: down. <laughs> yeah.
1: So my mom like looks back at my ankle and she's like, oh, that doesn't look good. We should get some ice. And she, <laughs> she got some ice for it. And she, she like threw it at my foot and it- <laughs> in the back seat because I had it like propped up on the back, back seat of the car. And um, I was like, OK, so you're going to take me to the emergency room, right, to get this looked at. And they like had a conversation in the front of the car and then they turned around. They're like, "Like
0: you can't hear what's going on. Yeah. too."
1: And then they were like, "Uh, no, you're going to school. You're going to be fine tomorrow. It's just like when you were in soccer and insisted that your ankle was broken and it wasn't broken. Do you remember that, Jessica? And I was like. I remember that I told you it was broken and you refused to take me to the doctor for it. Yes, I remember that. They're like, yeah, it's exactly like that. It's not broken. You'll be fine. So we go to school and I got to walk from the parking lot up to my dorm without shoes on because I was not going to put those giant wooden shoes back on after that. And I was like hobbling the entire way. Do you still have those shoes? I have one pair of them. They're upstairs. (laughs) They're so special. I'm never getting yeah, rid there's of them. Yeah, they're some kind of special. I right. don't wear them. I just look at them because I'll fall over in them at this point. <laughs>
0: um, if the earth were ever to flood again, you can use them as a flotation device.
1: Probably. Um, so we get all of my stuff in and I was like, you're seriously not going to take me to an emergency room right now? And they said, no, we're going home. Goodbye. See you in a couple weeks. And then they just left. And I was like... <laughs> I can't walk. What the
0: hell am I going to do? <laughs> You're going to go to Syndicuse, which is Student Health so Center at Western Michigan University. I
1: hobbled down to the bathroom. And on my way back from the bathroom to my dorm, my very sweet friend, Lindsay, saw me. And so I was like hugging the wall and hopping. And she was like, what are you doing? And I said, I fell and I hurt my ankle. And my parents didn't take me to the doctor. They said, it's not bad enough. So I'm going back to my room because my foot hurts. And she looked at it and she was like, nope, we're going to get on the elevator. We're going downstairs and I'm going to drive you to Syndicuse." I said, okay, thanks. Um,
0: Let me guess. When you got to Syndicuse, they gave you uh, Motrin and condoms. They didn't give me Because that's what they give everybody for they, everything.
1: Nope, they didn't give me anything.
0: Oh, you're bleeding out of a laceration in your head? Here's a condom. Con- here's a condom and uh, <laughs> some Motrin. <laughs>
1: Um, oh, no. you're,
0: you're you're puking like crazy? Here's a condom and some Motri. No,
1: they didn't, but they did see me, and it was like, I think it was like 9 o'clock at night, so it was amazing that they were even open at that point. Um, but they did they did let me in, and they x-rayed like they it for me. They don't
0: understand when college students get sick and injured, it's middle of the night. They might as well take like 6 a.m. till noon off because that's not when college students are getting hurt.
1: Nope, they're asleep at that point. Exactly. Um. <laughs> so they x-rayed it and then the the person that took the x-ray gave me the x-ray and then they left me in a hallway for about two hours at just least
0: you got an x-ray alone they didn't
1: even they're like well just alone with me and my friend and my x-ray and i was like um okay well i'm studying biology i've had anatomy i'm gonna read this thing by myself so I held it up to the light and I was looking at my ankle and I was like, yep, there's not a fracture there. This is not broken. OK, that's good. Um, what is that perfectly round bone looking thing in my ankle? That's not part of anatomy. What the hell is that? And I sat and I thought about it for a while and I was like, "What was I it? knew it. I knew it. And the doctor finally shows up and I was like, my ankle's not broken, but I have a question about that. And he was like, I will read this x-ray. He holds it up to the light and he's like, yeah. You're right. It's not broken. I was like, I told you it wasn't broken. But what is that little ball looking thing right there that's not supposed to be there? And he goes, yeah. Yeah, you're right. That's not supposed to be there. That looks like a bone chip. I bet you broke it a really long time ago. And that's just been floating around. And it's uh, it's around because it's just like gotten worn down over time. And I was like, oh, I knew it. I knew I broke my ankle when I was 10 years old in soccer. So, they give me crutches. They tell me to take basically Tylenol for the next, I don't know, week or so. It's a really bad twist. Um, and they said, you'd be you'll be fine. Don't worry about it. So, my friend and I get my crutches and we go home. And when I got home, I called my parents and I told them. I went to the doctor. It's not broken. I have crutches. It's a really, really bad, it's a bad sprain. Also... My ankle was broken when I was 10 in soccer and I told you that I broke it and you didn't believe me. And now there's a weird ball thing in there. And they, (laughs) they were like, yeah, we don't care. Good night. And they hung up the phone.
0: What time was it?
1: It was like 11, 12 ish, somewhere in there. Mm -hmm.
0: At night? At night. Okay.
1: Yeah. Sunday night. So my dad was probably like getting in bed ready not in the mood for you to go to work the next morning (laughs) no for sure not in the mood for me and my anger over breaking my ankle when i was 10 and not getting medical treatment for it Mm -hmm. (sighs) i'm still upset about it clearly maybe Mm -hmm. you need another whiskey i think so (laughs) all
0: right pass that one over
1: but it's so fun
0: okay then finally leave it there and i'll pull out the next one
1: no you can put it away this way it won't be confusing
0: You're going to tell us about this one, though, because it's another one you picked out.
1: Okay. Yeah, I like this one. Well, I like the bottle. And I like the thing on the back of the bottle.
0: (laughs) I need the bottle. Oh, yeah there's the bottle. Okay. Here's the glass.
1: Thanks. Ooh, that smells good. Okay.
0: It does have a woolly mammoth on it? It, it right on the label.
1: Mm-hmm. And a big hairy dog. Okay. So that's fun. Oh, this is wet. Okay. So Just this moist. is moist. This is from Mammoth Distilling, and it's a whiskey. It was made in Michigan. We're in Michigan. Central Lake, Michigan. That's what it says.
0: Cool. You uh, you tell us more about it. I'm going to grab my phone and look where, where the hell Central Lake is.
1: Okay. It's 80 proof, 40% alcohol by volume. It's got a mammoth on it, and it says nothing on the back other than the government warning about it.
0: So what intrigued you about this? It has
1: a QR code. Okay. And I was like, well, that's fun. It's interactive. I like it. Get me it's these like a game. Technology <laughs> while I'm looking at my alcohol. Okay, I'll go for it. So if you pull it open, you
0: said Central Lake,
1: Central Lake, Michigan. So you open up the web page and it takes you to the Mammoth Distilling, uh, web page for it. And I just I don't know. I really I really liked the look of the web page, and. Okay, while this you, is what it, oh while, this is the other it's part coming so up Central
0: when Lake is a skinny little lake uh just east of Torch Lake which is just east of the Grand Traverse Bay so this is uh south of Charlevoix uh north of Traverse City north of Elk Rapids
1: Yeah so when you when you pull it up with the QR code it gives you a description that should be on the label but it's not and it says Mammoth Wine finished Mammoth Wine Finished American Whiskey is a young whiskey finished at our Central Lake facility in once used Grand Cru Merlot bottles from Bonnebow Winery in Traverse City. And I thought that was really cool because oh, last up. year we went to Bonnebow Winery when we were on our bike trip. And I was like, ah, oh, we've been there. We've had those wines. Let's get this. um It's crafted to be very smooth and easy to drink. The unique notes created by the wine finishing has quickly made Mammoth Whiskey a favorite of many whiskey drinkers. So let's find out. It is made out of 100% corn, so I bet it tastes corny. That's a face.
0: Yep, it's corny. <laughs> no, you you get you get the corn from a corn whiskey, but you also it does you get the wine notes, especially uh, a white wine.
1: Yeah. Honestly, it, it smells kind of florally to me.
0: You, It's definitely a a weird. lighter fruit. Um, it's not... Like if you've had some, uh, a whiskey that's been aged in sherry casks or port casks, they get those deep plum type of, of fruity flavors. This is more grapes, kiwis... You know later. They were aged in Merlot bottle barrels. I know, but that's not what I'm getting. I'm getting. It's not what I'm getting either. I'm getting something more like a Pinot Grigio or a Chardonnay or uh, a dry white wine or a semi dry white wine on top of the corn whiskey.
1: Yeah, you you. It's for me. It sort of tastes florally as well, but underneath of that floral is is the corn. You can definitely taste it. The
0: floral is definitely the the first notes you get, yeah, too, for and, sure. And then you get the corn whiskey on the back end.
1: Mm-hmm. It doesn't burn though, which is nice. I don't like whiskey that burns my throat.
0: Even the the butcher cut one, which only had just kind of a a moment as it went down the back your throat, where it was a little sharp because it was a very young whiskey. Mm-hmm. Uh, this one's definitely still not as mellow as the Traverse City uh, five year old, but it's this is a good sipping whiskey.
1: Yeah, agreed.
0: It's definitely fun because I'm going back to say, okay, what other notes can I get? I'm getting a, something a little bit different on every sip.
1: So on their website, um, underneath the description, there's a picture of a drink. And if you click the picture of the drink, it gives you the instructions to make that drink.
0: And what is that drink?
1: Uh, it is called a Central Lake Sour. It says you fill a shaker with ice, add 1.5 ounces of mammoth whiskey, add 0. 0.75 ounces of fresh squeezed lemon juice, Add 0.5 ounces of simple syrup. Fill a rocks glass with ice. In our
0: case, we would use sugar-free simple mm-hmm. syrup.
1: Shake and strain into a rocks glass. Float 0.25 ounces of raspberry liqueur on top. Yeah, that would go really well with this. Oh, yeah. Yeah, definitely. Um, there's one other thing. Yeah, so I was playing on their website.
0: And they have a few other spirits on there. Um, I saw they had a rye.
1: Yeah, no, that's not what I wanted to talk about. Oh, well. I wanted to talk about... That's what caught my attention. So they have this section called Experiences, and there's whiskey blending on there. And it says you can create your own whiskey blend. (laughs) Create your own custom blend of bourbon or rye from hundreds of heavily aged barrels in our rickhouse. Add a personalized label directly to your bottle and take home a -a one-of-a-kind blend to impress your friends. I want to do this so bad...
0: Word. I think this would be
1: a blast. Also, I think you get hammered doing it.
0: So I know of a uh, track and cross-country coach. uh, Not me. I was going to say, is it you? No. Uh, Who likes to vacation in that little part of Michigan up by the tip of the pinky pinky finger. Mm -hmm. Unfortunately, she has just done her summer vacation up that way. But for next summer, this really should be on her list because it's not too far away. She could swing over there with her husband. They could go make personalized bottles.
1: You can blend up to ten com- different combinations as you experiment with how to build aroma, body, and finish.
0: Yeah, you're totally getting <laughs> face doing this. If you have to experiment,
1: they <laughs> give you a. <laughs> because good
0: look. Like, I'm sorry, this is this is not like I know like the really, really high end. They spit in the bucket because they don't get tanked, but swallow.
1: Okay, so. Yeah, we should we should do this. Mm-hmm.
0: I feel like we might need to wait a couple of years, um, so kid one can drive us. Because I don't know. Uber if they...
1: is a thing now. Uber in
0: Central Lake. I don't know if they have Uber up there. I'm sure there's a guy with a car somewhere. Well, let's get kid one to drive us. No,
1: I don't want to take her on vacation.
0: She'll have her nose in the phone the whole She's time.
1: Not. I don't want her on vacation.
0: What if it's a family vacation up there? Great Wolf Lodge okay. isn't too far away.
1: Mm. What if we leave them at Great Wolf Lodge? No, that's dangerous. They need supervision. Yeah, water parks, COVID. We'll what have, we your, to-
0: we'll have your parents come with?
1: Perfect. There you Done. go. Done. Okay. What What are we talking about now?
0: Uh, you can do the next story. Oh, good. Because we're going to do uh, the story of your other ankle injury. <laughs> you know, not the soccer one where you broke your ankle and not the one where you badly springed it and possibly could have broken it, but... The other one, the most recent ankle injury.
1: The one where I legit broke my ankle?
0: The one where by the time it was all said and done, I had lost over 15 pounds in (laughs) a weekend.
1: Mm -hmm. So this was kid number two was like, what, a year and a half? Two? Uh, I think it was about two. Two? Okay. So kid number three was about, I mean, kid number... No, no, because... I was going to say kid number one was about three. Then that's not right.
0: No, because it was before kid number three. Yeah. So, kid number two had to uh, be one. Yeah. Because by the time you were, he turned two, you were pregnant with kid number three.
1: Okay. And all of this for sure happened before I was even pregnant with him. So, um, we were at the park. We went for a walk. We packed the babies up in our double stroller and we went on this really long walk. It was what, three miles?
0: Something like that. We were. Yeah. Trying to get back in shape, uh, get healthy again. You had just had two babies and I was just working and not working out and eating unhealthy and was already morbidly obese.
1: Mm -hmm. Um, So we told the kids, especially kid number one, because she was she saw the park and she was like, park, park, playground, park. I want I want to do the playground, playground now. And we said, no, first we're going to walk and then you can play on the playground. And so we went and did the big walk. And then it was time for them to go on the playground. So we get kid number one out. She runs over and goes for the slides. Cool. Get kid number two out. He immediately starts running after a gigantic dog. And I was like, no, you can't chase the dog. But I have to back up for a minute. You had to go back on our walk trail to try and find my iPod mini. Nano,
0: Nano, shuffle. my iPod. Was it I don't a know. It was, or nano? it was one of those tiny. teeny tiny
1: little iPods because I had dropped it on our really really long walk. So you were not there to help with this and I was situation, not happy. and you were not happy. It um, was
0: chafing and sweating. Yeah, and yeah, it was not <laughs> it fun. Was, it
1: was a lot. Um, so, kid number one is going down the slides, and I wasn't too concerned about her because she was leaving the dog alone. But kid number two, itty bitty little baby who could run, and and that was about it was going after this dog that I'd never met before. His The dog's owners didn't seem to be too concerned about him, but I was very concerned because I was like, oh my God, this dog's totally going to eat my baby's face or something like that. So I am running after kid number two. And the playground was outlined using old railroad ties. So he's up on the railroad ties running after this dog. So I am up on the railroad ties running after the my son. Um, he jumps down. I jumped down when I jumped down there was a pop and then I fell over and kid number two kept going for the dog so then I started screaming in the hopes that the owners of the dog would finally like realize something weird was happening and fortunately they did they were able to grab the dog and make sure that my tiny son did not like go near the dog because it was obvious I did not want that to happen and I was like struggling to then stand up because I was like oh god Kid number one is going to get off the slide, and she's going to go home with these strangers because that's what she did. And kid number two was off in his own little world at this point, not looking at the dog anymore. It was like chasing a leaf or something. Um, and I am not able to run in any direction. I couldn't even, like, stand up. And you were not there. So they... The, no, I was like a
0: mile and a half yeah, away. The
1: ladies were like, oh, are you okay? Did you get hurt? And I was like, yeah, I just... I hurt my ankle. It's It's going to be fine. Can you just grab that little boy right there and just sort of put him back over by me so I can just have a hand on him. And they're like, uh, okay. Um, he can come pet our dog? And I was like, no. I do not want him near your dog. I'm so sorry. I'm sure your dog is very nice but I don't want him near the dog when I can't like be there to wrangle him. They're like, okay. They so understood because they did.
0: he's little and he could start pulling on and, the dog and you don't know how the dog's going to respond. Yeah.
1: And I was like struggling to because I fell and the side that I fell on had my phone. It was like under my hip and I couldn't... <laughs> It's like being a turtle upside down. I couldn't get my phone. And they were like, are, are you all right? Can we do anything? Did you hurt yourself? Do you need us to call 911? And I was like, no, don't call 911. Did you need a splint? Yeah, I did need a splint. Um, That
0: was the running gag from when we took first aid in college together. Yep.
1: And I finally got my phone out and I called you and you didn't answer. <laughs> and well, it wasn't the best signal in this part. Frantically kept trying to call you. And I think I left you a couple of voicemails. And I think I texted something like, I've seriously hurt my ankle. Come back you, now. You
0: eventually got a hold of me. Oh, yeah. You come back now. And I'm like, son of a <laughs> b-. Like, What the f-? So I finally get a signal. And I'm like, what the hell now? Never did find your iPod. No. No. And you're like, I think I broke my ankle.
1: I'm yep. Like, Are you f- kidding me? <laughs> nope. Completely serious. I need you to come over here now because not the sympathetic two.
0: husband response, but like Waddling my 300 pounds around at that point, we had just already done three or four miles. Now I'm going back and I'm already a an mile and a half back. Now I gotta go another mile and a half back. I'm like, I'm gonna f- die out here in the field. <laughs> and there won't be an ambulance to get me because now it's picking up my wife because she broke her ankle.
1: Yeah. Um. So that was the fun part. Like, we had the giant stroller. We had the two babies. And I couldn't... was a Schwinn. Yeah, I couldn't walk. And the playground was a distance away from the parking lot and you had to go over a teeny tiny wooden bridge. <laughs> so we got stood up and you when were like, I made it
0: back in time.
1: Yeah, no... You did, um, but we were trying to figure I, out how to get me to the car the And from I got into playground. a better
0: mood of caring and being sympathetic to you. You did.
1: Um, so we had a couple options. One was that you would take the babies and stick them in the car and then come back for me, which I vetoed because I was like, no, you can't leave them in the car by themselves because that's illegal and we'll get arrested and they'll take them from us.
0: Right. And, <laughs> and yes, the car was within sight. It was a few hundred yards away. But it
1: was yeah.
0: It's still northern Virginia. And, right.
1: Yeah. Look, um, we're just
0: trying to work through the issues here. It's not like every day my wife breaks her ankle, but it sure sounds like it in this episode.
1: <laughs> and the other option was leave the kids in the playground while you take me to the car, With the which was very
0: nice strangers we've never met before. <laughs>
1: exactly. So that was also not yeah, an that option. That story never
0: ends well. Nope.
1: Um, so we wound up calling 911 <laughs> and they sent an ambulance out to get me. They had to wheel the stretcher across the teeny tiny wooden bridge to come and get me off of the playground.
0: I need to dig out those photos and put yep, them on our they're Instagram. they're hilarious. Yeah. I know
1: exactly where they are. Um, I get in the ambulance. They pack me up. Uh, our kids were hysterical at this point because they took mommy away. They're you also had, hungry. Yep. You had one, I think you had kid number two underneath one arm, and you were like yelling at kid number one, you need to walk while I push this stroller. We have to go get mom at the hospital. Because um, they refused
0: to get in the stroller. Yeah,
1: no... <laughs> You guys don't have Irish twins. It's a really big <laughs> headache, okay? So Especially I loaded, when somebody breaks their ankle.
0: Loaded, loaded the stroller up, um, and if you've had one, that this isn't the limo stroller where they're front to back. This was a um, double wide.
1: Yeah, jogging stroller. Jogging
0: stroller, double wide jogging stroller. So that's a that's a lot of fun to pack up. Yep. Load two kids into uh, car seats in their backwards five point harnesses mm-hmm. and follow the ambulance because we're heading further west and we were lived east of this and yeah. now we're going to a hospital i've never been to before yep.
1: so i got to go for my very first ambulance ride they turned the siren on and i was like what are you doing this is an emergency and the one was like well i want to make sure you enjoy your experience and i was like are you are you kidding me right now and the other EMT was like, dude, just turn it off. We don't need this. Um, so they turned it off, which was good because it was kind of a long car ride. Oh, my God. The, like, I thought you had
0: died or something like you had coded because they turned the lights on. And then they turned it off halfway through. I'm like, holy shit, did my wife just die? Did she bleed out the ankle or what?
1: <laughs> there was no blood. Um, So we get to the hospital. They bring me in. And they basically dumped me off in a hallway where I then sat for like the next four hours while I waited for somebody to come and look at my foot.
0: And we were sitting out there with you mm-hmm. for a while, and the kids were just climbing the walls, yeah, hungry and hunting. hangry. So, so we went down to the cafeteria. I didn't, no, you didn't. I took them down there, I got them a whole sh- ton of food for that. They ate like three bites of and were fu- suddenly full. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, spent a small fortune on crappy cafeteria food, yep. not like the one where they were born at, which was like amazing <laughs> cafeteria food, anyway. So we we'll back and we found you. Yeah. All the like uh, nursing assistants and no, I'm not, we're doctors not there yet. loved our kids.
1: Yeah, the, our kids are really cute. something um, to do with
0: your ankle? I can tell that part of the story.
1: Okay, so while you were gone, the doctor came over to see my my ankle, and he looked at it, and he was like, "I don't think this is broken." And I was like, "I think it is broken." There was a very loud pop when I fell. I've hurt my ankle lots of other times. There's never been a pop this time.
0: If only we had a podcast back then for him to listen to.
1: Exactly. Um. And he goes, I'll bet you a quarter it's not mm-hmm. broken. And I was like, deal. Um, so he sends me off for x-rays. Come back. Park me back in the hallway again. <laughs> he gets the x-ray. He reads it. And he's like, huh, that is broken. I'll go get you a quarter.
0: <laughs> it was and also a like, Sunday.
1: Yeah. It, don't go to the hospital in Northern Virginia on a Sunday. Sunday. They're packed. You
0: know, all, um, all of these ankle stories now are all Sundays.
1: Yeah. Um, so you came back with the babies who were still very hangry. And when you came back, the nurse and all of the nursing students were trying to wrap my ankle, which was a whole another adventure. Um,
0: not only did it look like they had never wrapped an ankle before, it looked like they'd never <laughs> seen an ankle before. <laughs>
1: mm-hmm. So we, we leave. I went and made an appointment with my very lovely orthopedic surgeon who i gotten to know very well due to other injuries. <laughs> My aunt had to take me to that appointment and he walked in and I just started laughing hysterically and was making wildly inappropriate jokes. And he stopped halfway through reading the x-ray to me and he was like, I've never seen somebody laugh so much over a broken bone before. And I was like, I can cry if that would be better. And he was like, no, this is, this is good. Go ahead and laugh. Um, It didn't require surgery. So that was nice. And I got to wear a really fun boot for like, what, eight weeks? or so, something, like, something that. like that. Anyways, they sent me home. They did after. give you a
0: walking boot. That was cool. Yeah. So you could take showers. Yeah, and-
1: it was it was nice. And then once I was done with that, I had an air cast for a little while, and then it was over. Um, and that was You're leaving good. part out
0: of that first week. I am.
1: So we get home from the hospital, and like 24 hours later, my mom showed up. Because I had two babies, you were working insane hours, I could not, I physically could not take care all of everyone. All the
0: bedrooms, at least all the bedrooms with the, like for the kids and us were mm-hmm. upstairs, yep. and we lived in a, old, a house built in
1: 1947. Yeah. No, early 40s. Mm-hmm. Okay. Yep. Um.
0: No, no. They started in the early 40s, they well, ended it in 1947. Fine. Yeah. Anyway. Anyways. Built in the 40s.
1: Yeah. So my mom shows up to take care of all of us, which is very nice, but... Uh twenty-four hours after she showed up, kid number two
0: Yeah, started screaming in the bathtub and all of a sudden
1: violently ill.
0: Projectile sharted.
1: And vomited all at the same time. Well
0: the vomit came back because I was in there when it happened.
1: Yeah. And we were like, oh God, he caught some kind of bug. What oh, this can't uh, be good. It's some sort of stuff. Took him out of
0: the tub, scrubbed the tub, started giving a bath to kid number
1: one who proceeded to do the exact same thing yep blood so, curling
0: scream and then all of a sudden it's coming out of everywhere
1: yeah so i i was like this is bad i can't this is, and they they did this all night long so the next morning i was like mom we're gonna have to pack them up and take them to the pediatrician which should be fun because i'm on crutches and can't drive um so we we get them there and the doctor came in to check them out and she was like yep, mm-hmm. listening to the symptoms. She goes, yeah, they have the norovirus. I need you guys to leave now. This is highly contagious. You're all going to get sick. You're going to have it for about a week. Everybody's going to have diarrhea and vomit forever, and then you're going to be fine. And I was like, what? And she goes, mm-hmm. yep, and now you need to go. Don't even stop to check out. We'll just send you a bill. Just leave.
0: Especially when we told her which hospital, or you told her which hospital they took you to, and she's like, oh yeah, you have norovirus. They have an outbreak over there.
1: Yeah, and my mom was like, oh, shit i gotta go home and i was like you can't go home you have to take care of us and now apparently we're all gonna die together (laughs) with a lot of yeah so um about 24 hours after that appointment i came down with it and then she came down with it and at that point she called my dad and she she called in her sister no she called my dad first and she was like wait we, we need you to come take care of us and he was like uh what's wrong with you all and she said we have the norovirus and he was like nope i'll send you some cookies i'm not coming anywhere near that house you stay down there until you get better <laughs> so then she tried calling her sister who was a nurse and she said betty you have to come help us we're so sick you have to come take care of us and she said what's wrong and we said the norovirus she goes no i'll bring you food i'll drop it off on the doorstep i'm not coming in that house nope good luck and what two days later you came down with it finally i
0: so you broke your ankle on a sunday uh and during that course of the week of course you get the big black boot i remember so many times of you going from the couch in the living room through the living room down the hall into the bathroom on your hands and knees because you were so weak, you couldn't walk.
1: I had a cushion that I like paddled myself. We did that the floor. too, but
0: I also remember just when you got tired of that, you were crawling on your hands and knees because you had to go vomit slash have diarrhea everything at once, and you had to get there. And it's like you were too weak to try to hobble your way upright. Mm-hmm. But uh, I made it through the week because I kept going to work, <laughs> and then I wasn't home that much. We get to Friday, Friday night. Uh, we finished dinner and all of a sudden my stomach starts rumbling. I'm like, God, that better be food poisoning. <laughs> it wasn't. I go back to work on Monday and run into the president of the company. He's like, you're looking svelte. You've been working out? I'm like, nope. Had norovirus all the weekend. Dropped 15 pounds. mm mm-hmm. yeah. Probably shouldn't have gone to work that day. Probably shouldn't
1: have, but. Mm-mm. Nope. Yeah, I f- recommend. Happens. I don't recommend the norovirus. Not at all. I also don't really recommend breaking your ankle. It hurts. So. Okay. So we talked about my ankle. What are what do you, what do you got over there?
0: I have a story that's not an ankle.
1: Hooray! But it's a foot. Oh.
0: So kid one uh, wanted to do girls on the run a few years ago, and uh, I was getting ready to do track season, and I was on my my return to fitness, and I was working on things, and I had tweaked uh, my diet and nutrition, and I was had a new exercise routine, and I had track season going on, and things were going well, and I had, it was like, okay, I'm gonna do more physically physically active version of coach this season instead of just being kind of like the, the guy with the clipboard and the stopwatch with the grand plan. But I don't know. I wanted to look more healthy and she needed shoes. So I took her down to the outlet mall, uh South of us down in Indiana. And we were going to the Under Armour store and the Nike store and not just getting shoes, but getting all the running stuff and swag. Mm-hmm. And while we're there, I'm, I'm walking around and, and, and most people who know me when I'm in, casual Marco mode, I'm usually if I'm not wearing running clothes, if I'm just wearing jeans and sweatshirts, I'm probably wearing Chuck Taylors. Yeah. And I was wearing Chuck Taylors. And as we're walking, all of a sudden I feel this sharp pain in my foot. And I try taking some more steps and it just hurts. I'm like, what the hell? I'm like, oh my God, we got to stop. I got to sit down. And she's like, dad, what's wrong? And I, I look at my foot. And I, I pick up my shoe and I look at the bottom of my shoe and I've got a big old rusty nail on my foot. <laughs> Uh, it was one of those roofing nails they put used to put down when they put on the uh, the tar paper mm-hmm. layer. Uh, so it's got a big, wide head, almost like a washer on top of the head, and goes up, and it's in my shoe and into my foot. Um, Ouch! Yeah, so I I pull it out.
1: Oh, you shouldn't have done yeah, that. Yeah, I should
0: have done that, but I pulled it out, and it's a big old. It's it's rusty.
1: Dun, dun, dun. Yeah,
0: it is. It's super. It's not just superficial. It is a corroded, jagged piece of metal <laughs> that was all up in my foot. And I'm like, maybe it just poked me a little bit. Maybe I'm just being a big baby. So I took my shoe off for a minute and my sock is bloody. <laughs> I didn't take the sock off. I'm like,
1: that's good. Crap.
0: Put my shoe back on. I'm like, we're going. <laughs> so I took her and I had to drive and basically an hour home. Yep. Got home. And I told you, and it's like, well, I can either go to the ER or urgent care. Well, urgent care is down the street. So I'm like, I'll go there because, hell, it's cheaper too. Yes, <laughs> it is. So I go, um, and I have to wait because there's guys who are chopping their thumbs off and stuff when they're working on a Sunday and doing tool stuff. And I'm like, that's Sundays. A, yeah, that's it, this was another Sunday. Uh, <laughs> that's an ER kind of injury. So I eventually got in, and then they had to take a bazillion x-rays because they had to look for metal fragments and slivers that may have split it up, split off of my foot. Mm-hmm. They, uh, they are able to locate everything that was in my foot. And then with tweezers and digging in there, get it all out. Yay. There's a Ew. picture. There's something that makes you want to drink. Uh, they eventually got it out, but then I was under orders not to run until it healed. Yep. So then I had to set everything back for spring and summer and training for everything. Yay.
1: Yay. 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 Yay.
0: Let's do another whiskey.
1: But did you get tetanus?
0: I did not because I'd had a tetanus shot. Hooray. In fact, I went, I'm like, I need a tetanus shot. They looked at pull up my records and like, No, you don't, you're good. (laughs)
1: Like, cool.
0: Glad you guys have all those records electronically. Exactly. Hey, Jessica, I think we're running a little long on this recording. For sure. When I say that, because uh, I'm recording this right now as we've wrapped up the entire recording session, which is crazy long. So I want to split it up just like we did with listeners want to know. So how about this? We'll just say this has been another episode of the Red Arrow Health and Wellness Podcast. We drop episodes almost every week on Mondays. This has been episode 75, and we're creating a cliffhanger the rest of this episode, which is Taking Flight 4, Medical <laughs> Mishaps, will continue on in episode 76. But for now, as you're yawning over there because it's so <laughs> you're tired. It's really late. It's literally late and it's been a lot of whiskey. hmm It's been fun.
1: Loads of fun. Bye. Bye.